This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the B Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response, an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. Teal Talk Radio, Season 4, Episode 39. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 39 of TL Talk Radio, a regular podcast with Lynn Funihatton and Randy Ziegenfuss, where our goal is to engage you in learning, motivate you to share your work, and inspire you to lead for the change we need in schools for the digital age. I'm Randy Ziegenfuss. And I'm Lynn Funihatton. Good morning, Randy. Good morning again, Lynn. So today we're speaking with Dr. Katie Martin, author of Learner-Centered Innovation, and Katie has recently started a new position where she's head of partnerships West at Alt School. Um, she works with districts and school systems to create the conditions and leverage technology to support a learner-centric model. She's also served as middle school English language literacy coach, new teacher mentor, and coordinator of district programs, and enjoys teacher graduate classes and diverse teacher education programs. At the university, district, and school level, Katie aspires to create experiences that empower all learners to develop knowledge, skills, and mindsets to thrive in a changing world. So welcome to the podcast, Katie. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, we're thrilled to finally meet you, follow you on your blog and on social media and interact as well. And those have always been fun, positive uh, engagements. And now that you've got this book out, what better time to connect and to uh, learn a little bit more from you. So let's start off with learner-centered innovation. Tell us a little bit about the why of the book and what inspired you to write about learner-centered innovation. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, I've been fortunate in the last um, five to six years specifically to work with some amazing educators. I was at the University of San Diego and San Diego has a really unique community of educators who are really close and pushing boundaries about what's possible in education and then being connected um, to the larger um, education system through social media and being able to travel and see classes um, around the country. Um, I'm, and I'm really just, I kept seeing what was possible, but I also kept seeing the disparity between what was happening in classrooms and from educators who wanted so much more, but were really confined within a system. 
um, that wasn't really helping them to think differently about what was possible. So as I started sharing stories, as you mentioned on my blog, and I started connecting with people, I found that it was resonating. And so I started thinking about um, a better way to share more of those stories. So that was one part. And then secondly, um, I'm a mom of two young kids, and I started to see really what was important to me as a mom and what I wanted for my kids and what I want for them in their lives. And this intersection between what was happening in our schools and what I want for my kids, and then also talking to the business community and what they need for kids and learners to be able to thrive. Uh, I just wanted to put that all together to really push conversations about what's possible and what needs to happen from my point of view in our education system. So we will share with our listeners, obviously, um, if they listen to this podcast or our other podcast, which is called Shift Your Paradigm, we are very much uh, into transforming education to be more learner-centered. So we definitely engaged with not only the title, but all those great ideas within the book that we're going to hopefully dig into a little bit later. So let's start with the first section of the book in which you discuss the innovation ecosystem. Help us understand this phrase, innovation ecosystem, and um, how the role of the educator is evolving, how we can go about building a culture for innovating and learning in the ideal classroom. Yeah, so I I came up with this notion, really a learner-centered innovation. I really feel like learners should be at the center. Too often our system is focused on a standardized model, getting through the curriculum. Um, And when we really step back and look at um, what's possible, focusing on learners and learning um, at the core, it really starts to shift what we do and how we interact. So the innovation ecosystem, um, in my view, is really about learners at the core. And too often we have professional development, we have different opportunities for learning or different reform models that focus on leadership or policies or curriculum or teachers all separately. And when you work in isolation and you work in those silos, we really don't see the change in the system that we want to see. And we end up with confusion and frustration. So just like any ecosystem, when you um, to thrive and be healthy, you have to work together. So our classrooms, our schools, our districts are the same ways. If we focus on what we want kids or learners to know and do, we build out those learning experiences aligned to that. And then our systems and policy and vision are all connected when people are working within an ecosystem that's aligned, they're much more able to reach the desired outcomes. Mm -hmm. And we see often when they're not aligned, people um, are not sure what they need to do. They end up working in isolation. And um, there's a lot of contradictions in what we say we want for learners or we say what our vision is too often. I'm sure you see this too. We want creative and critical thinkers. Now implement this program or go through this curriculum and do this test and make sure that you have formative assessments every six weeks. Um, And those things don't really uh, serve the goals that we have. The other part then that you said, the evolving role of the educator, I think that part of that is understanding that we can't always do what we've always done. We have to think about the resources that exist. We have to really be connected to the people in um, in our schools, in our buildings, in our classrooms. And the role of that educator is really shifting to not just move through the curriculum, but help connect um, learners with their interests, their motivations, their passions to help them um, reach those goals. And then also figure out what are the opportunities for growth and how do we support learners um, to, to develop these skills and competencies that they need to be successful. 
So we love this shift towards learner-centered. And that example that you gave before is, is sort of something that happens a lot in our in our education system. And that as we take a school-centered solution and we try to plant it over top of the system and say we're now learner-centered, how how do you find that conversation? Do you do you find that people really understand what learner centered is? It's a great question. Um, I, I I would answer that is I feel like people understand it at the core. When you ask people how they learn best, when you ask people about learning experiences that really move the needle and help them um, that are powerful in their own memories, they can tell you, oh, there's models of learning, there's mentors, there's risk taking, productive struggle. They can tell you that there's clear goals, that there's time for failure and growth. So at the core, I really feel like people get this. You know, the best models of learning way back in doing are really about this learner-centered model. But our models of education in our standardized system are so contrary mm -hmm. to that. So what I feel like it's hard for people to understand how to create those learner-centered experiences within a traditional paradigm that is so standardized and so one size fits all. Um, and so when you kind of pull back those layers and back to that innovation ecosystem and start aligning policies and procedures and ways of, um, of learning, then we can start to say, oh, we, we really should actually be doing less of these standardized tests or less of these kind of um, cookie cutter approaches and, and lessons um, to really get to the core of learning. But it's, it's really hard to move past a model that parents, teachers, community members have lived through and are so ingrained in how we see education. Yeah, it's like these mindsets that we just keep getting drawn back to, even when you say, like, when you when you ask people how they learn best and how their children learn best, and you have those conversations about the learning, people understand that they make that connection, but then it's, it's like a the system's this big magnet that just pulls us right back to those old ways of thinking. And, you know, as as we get deeper into understanding what learner-centered is, it's um, we're finding it's it's those mindsets. It's the heavy lifting is helping people make that connection and and rethink their beliefs and then changing their actions and their processes around that as well. Um, so we love this focus on, on learner-centered. Um, so in um, part of your book, you reframe learning as a process rather than event. Share some of your key ideas um, around, around that. Sure, and it really connects to um, this, this paradigm. So traditionally, we think of professional development or a you know, day in the classroom is, here's your lesson, here's your day. You know, we have two days for PD, and you're going to go and learn about the curriculum, and then you're going to go implement it. Um, and we know from research, we know from experience, we know from common sense that this doesn't work, yet we have built systems around it and we continue to do this in many ways. So when we think about um, professional development or we think about learning, we really need to understand that it's a process. It really is. You need to have, you need to try something out. You need to have new models. You need to go and practice, get some feedback and coaching. And um, when I see school systems set up this way where teachers have opportunities to collaborate. They have opportunities to learn in ongoing ways and not be perfect every time their principal comes in, that it's really a collaborative effort to say, hey, what are you trying with your kids? How did that work? What are the next steps? Instead of a checkbox, well, I didn't see your standard on the board. I guess you didn't get, you know, meet expectations for your evaluation. 
Um, you know, it really goes back to teachers create what they experience. And if teachers experience this, like this model of cut and dry, you have to know it right now. And you're evaluated based on what I see at this point in time, we then transition, we then make that the way we teach our kids. And that's how we create the classroom experiences. So when teachers have opportunities to learn in communities of practice, push each other, think differently about what's happening and what they know and what they want learners to know and do, I find that they can't help but create those similar experiences for their students once they've experienced learning in new ways. So that's an interesting connection. How do we how do we sort of model the way through our professional learning, through our evaluation process, through our supervision process, um, through creating opportunities for for teachers to design experiences together. So now that you've shared some of your thinking about the innovation ecosystem and some ideas on reframing teaching and learning, let's talk about the importance of pushing uh, beyond the classroom walls to connect, to share, and reflect. Why is it important for us as educators and leaders and for our school-age learners um, to share their learning and collaborate in networks of other learners beyond the classroom walls? So I just heard yesterday at an event, um, Burnett Berry from Center for Teaching Equality made the comments that 50% of our teachers have not seen other teachers teach. So when you think about this Mm -hmm. and you think about what's happening in our classrooms, the only model that they have is what they experienced. Mm -hmm. That's 15, 20, 30, some 40 years ago in in many cases. And so if teachers aren't getting out of their classroom and seeing other models, they only have one way of thinking about what's possible. Um, And the other thing is I find when we talk about classrooms and we talk about instruction, we stay very high level and make assumptions about what's happening. So I have teachers who have planned together on the same team for years and they've been sharing their practice, but if they've never seen each other teach, once I bring them into each other's classroom, like, oh, that's what you're doing? I totally thought it was something else. So we make up stories in absence of real information and we make up what's actually happening to fit our paradigm and our perspective. So when teachers see other people teach, it doesn't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect if we're really clear about that and really honest about that. But if you just get into other classrooms, it opens your mind to what's possible. It's also very validating for people to say, oh my gosh, I've been struggling with this. You struggle with that as well. Or I have a great idea to fix something that you're struggling with. And it really breaks down the barriers of I think I'm supposed to do it perfectly. I'm really struggling with something. When we start opening up our classrooms, sharing our practice, sharing our celebrations, sharing our struggles, we can really start working together to move forward. And I just think it's one of the most powerful forms of professional learning, powerful forms of building community, and something that we really need to start doing more in our schools. Mm -hmm. And then I would say beyond that, beyond your classrooms, sharing on Twitter, sharing examples, being really transparent. It gets other people excited. And, and it, when we share on social media, um, I have found those communities have really helped people um, feel connected when they don't feel connected in their own schools or they're looking to see something different. Because I would say just as insulated as our classrooms are, our schools and districts are the same way. If you're not connecting with other districts or schools who are doing things differently, um, then you're just as limited by your own perspective and way of way of um, operating. Have you seen any districts or heard about any districts or schools um, 
in which they're using sort of a peer coaching model or classroom visit observations um, so that colleagues can see each other teach and reflect on that and talk about that um, firsthand. Have you, have you seen any really good examples of that working well? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a, a ton of them. So um, recently, I, I actually just got off of nine school visits in the last week. Um, so it's been really fun to see different models. But getting into classrooms um, and just the first way I would say is celebrate. Get it, the first time you're in classrooms, there shouldn't be any, here's how you should change it up. But really celebrating what you see and validating practice. Um, one of my uh, colleagues in Oceanside um, at El Camino, they did an observe me day. So they had a cohort of teachers who had been working together and designing um, designing different classroom experiences to really focus on being more learner-centered. And so after they had talked about their um, ideas and helped plan, they all spent a day um, observing one another's classrooms and the principal really created time for that. And so they had their focus on the door, they had their observe me sign, and then they went through and, and just celebrated, but also helped each other think about next steps. And so doing that at a few points throughout the year is really powerful. Um, other examples, I know people have put the pineapple charts up just to say, hey, come in, I'm open, I'd love your feedback. You know, and it's a symbol to, of welcomeness and they put an idea that they want some feedback on. And during preps, people can come and visit. And then I would say the third level is really where you're talking about the peer coaching and the peer model, the um, peer observation, where it's a little bit more structured and you have that pre-observation conference and people ask for feedback and then uh, teachers can go in and observe one another, spend an hour or something in the classroom and then have opportunities to connect um, on the end and think about next steps or that lesson study model. Um, Those are those are really powerful ways to shift thinking. Thank you for those examples. So that's some that's some new learning for me. I know that um, the way that we have our professional development structure, we've got building leadership teams and uh, folks from different diverse grade levels or content areas have been working on building some pockets of this transformation. That's where we are at this point, pockets. Um, but I'm not sure that they've actually ever been in each other's classrooms. Do I remember it. hearing that conversation. <laughs> so maybe that's another way that we can nudge um, nudge our teacher leaders uh, and our principals as well. Um, Absolutely. And we've had pockets of that too. So, you know, how do you create more systemic opportunities? Um, for example, yeah. we had a writer's workshop implementation and teachers used a feedback um, protocol for um, giving other teachers feedback. So how do we start to think about these learner-centered ideas and um, encourage our teachers to open their doors for feedback to those? Well, and a perfect example, as you said, the writer's workshop model, um, and I write about this in the book, Katie McNamara, superintendent at South Bay Union um, Elementary in San Diego, she was with her teachers learning about the writer's workshop model, but they were all really anxious about, you know, creating something newer and, and really trying this out. So she has gone in and she has actually modeled a lesson for classrooms and invited teachers to come watch her. And that really opened up the teachers to think about, oh my gosh, if my superintendent's doing this and she's not perfect, but she's teaching me some new ways, I could try this out as well. And so it created a community, including the superintendent, the principal and teachers to really see themselves collectively as learners. 
So I, again, you know, if you can model that instead of just telling teachers to go and observe each other, Mm -hmm. that is really where you see the power and you can start to see people being more open to risk-taking. Sure. Take the same risks along the way. (laughs) For sure. And it's modeling that learner-centered up and down the organization too, not just with the younger learners in the classroom, but everyone, including the leaders and the the teachers Mm -hmm. as well. So you mentioned that you're starting a new, um, some new work today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what's next for you and uh, what are you working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Great. Yeah. So um, today, as you mentioned, is you know starting a new role at Alt School, and I am so excited. Um, it's a great organization that is really thinking about um, pushing boundaries and and really helping districts to transform and focus on this learner-centered model. Um, The platform that they are creating is really um, amazing, and there's a lot of possibility to support teachers, leaders, in thinking about personalizing education and and providing the tools to do it in a way that allows people to focus on the relationships and focus on the whole child by providing the tools and resources to manage um, the resources and and the needs for individuals. So um, I'm looking forward to learning a lot. I'm looking forward to some great partnerships and just connecting with amazing people. Um, It's been fun to see the reception from the book and get to know people who are and hear reactions and ideas from those who are reading. So my next steps are just continuing to connect with people, keep um, learning as much as I can and um, keep moving towards a more learner-centered model in more places um, for more people. Keep fueling the learner-centered movement. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Katie, for sharing your work and for giving us some ideas and examples of what's happening in the world of learner-centered education. For our listeners to learn more about Katie's work, please visit in the show notes Katie's blog. You can connect with Katie on Twitter. Um, You can also check out a video and learn more about Alt School. All the links are in the show notes. Each episode, we leave you with a question to think about with the idea of provoking reflection and conversation. This episode's question, after listening to today's conversation, what are your next steps to unleashing curiosity, passion, and genius in your school or classroom? If you've enjoyed this episode, would like to comment or check out the resources shared today, visit the show notes at tltalkradio.org and look for Season 4, Episode 39. That's all for now. We'll be back soon with another conversation featuring another innovative thought leader. Thanks again, Katie. Thanks, Katie. Bye-bye. Thank you. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.